From Miami Law, I'm Annette Uges, and this is The Explainer. What's new, I think, is the types of cases these agencies are bringing and the types of things they're trying to do. And I don't think that's just same old, same old trying to undo what previous administrations have done. I really do think it's a new direction. So what do I mean by that? Welcome back to the Miami Law Explainer, the legal affairs podcast where Miami law experts lend context and historical relevance to today's headlines. As our guest antitrust expert John Newman recently wrote, the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice have recently been on a tear. Today's show dives into the state of antitrust. Let's go to executive producer Catherine Skip with the interview. Good morning, John. Morning. Thanks for having me back. Nice to have you back. So the FTC, which you just came from, and the DOJ have had a couple busy weeks from putting the kibosh on the JetBlue spirit merger to banning pharma bro for life. Can you kind of give us a highlight reel? Yeah. So as you said, it's been quite a couple of weeks in antitrust land. Um, Just a quick highlight reel. So one of the big areas of, of activity for these antitrust agencies is blocking what they see as harmful mergers and acquisitions. And they've been on an absolute tear. So we had the JetBlue Spirit proposed merger that you mentioned. DOJ successfully blocked that. Um, The FTC, for its part, has blocked the IQVIA acquisition of a company called Propel. They blocked a hospital merger between a couple of hospitals called John Muir and Tenet. They blocked a pharmaceutical acquisition by a big biotech company called Sanofi of a small startup called Maze. They also blocked a deal that they've been working on for a couple of years now between another biotech company called Illumina and a startup called Grail. And as you said, they've also been doing some other work outside the merger and acquisition arena, including getting a a victory at the trial level upheld against Martin Shkreli, the infamous pharma bro. Uh, and And that order really does ban him from participating at all in the pharmaceutical industry for life. So these are some pretty big, significant wins. I would add in there another victory in an FTC case against two of the biggest chemical companies in the world, Syngenta and Corteva. And that case is brought on behalf of farmers trying to keep uh, costs for crop protection chemicals down. So it's just been an unbelievable flurry of activity in just a few short weeks. Mm -hmm. So some media and those on the conservative side of the aisle want to tout that the agencies have actually lost more than they've won. Is that an unfair or an unuseful tally? You know, I don't know if it's unfair, but I don't think it's particularly useful. And here's why. We often like to talk about wins and loss records, right? We do it all the time in all different walks of life. We do it when we talk about basketball teams and football teams. And, you know, it, it can be fun to debate whether a team with, say, a 14-0 and record is better than a team with a 13-1 and record when the two played in different conferences. And we never get a real answer to that because they don't end up playing each other. It's just kind of a fun debate to have. Right? So they lost they lost some tiddlywinks game, but they won the Grandmasters games. Is, <laughs> is that a fair like that. analogy? Yeah, I like that. So that can be fun when we're talking about something like sports, right? It's just a fun debate to have over the dinner table. But when you're talking about something like antitrust, which is you know fairly complicated, uh, fairly rich field to try, to try to delve into, it just starts making a lot less sense to try to compare different administrations' win-loss records if you're trying to figure out who's doing a better job. You know, 
think about this. What if an agency is supposed to be bringing really new, innovative, hard cases? They're probably going to rack up some more losses than an agency that's only bringing the easiest cases to bring and win. But that doesn't mean the new agency is failing. It just means they have a different goal that they're pursuing. And I think that's true of these antitrust agencies. It, it's really not a very helpful comparison to say, oh, they have more or less wins and losses than a previous administration. It's too complicated. It's apples to oranges. And by the way, <laughs> these agencies have been winning an awful lot, as we just talked about. Mm -hmm. of, the, of the big cases. Does it signal like there's a wave or a trend in anti-monopoly actions? Or is this the same old cycle like every administration? You try to undo what the administration before you did. Look, every administration is going to lose some antitrust cases. They're just hard to hard to win uh, these days, more, now more than ever. So in some sense, it's not totally new that these agencies have lost a few cases. <laughs> They've won a lot, but they have lost a few. That's not new. Previous administrations lost a few cases as well. What's new, I think, is the types of cases these agencies are bringing and the types of things they're trying to do. And I don't think that's just same old, same old trying to undo what previous administrations have done. I really do think it's a new direction. So what do I mean by that? One thing these agencies have been trying to do is to recognize that big, huge mega mergers between multi-billion dollar companies, they can cause a lot of different types of harms to society. Not all of them are bad, but some of them are. And they're bad in a lot of different ways. So one thing these agencies have been trying to do is try to take account of all those different ways that mergers can be bad and make sure that they've dusted off all of their legal tools to be able to go after those different types of harms. I rattled off a long list of mergers these agencies have blocked a second ago. What they've been doing is not just blocking deals, but revitalizing old tools that had kind of fallen into disuse. They'd gotten a little dusty, a little rusty. These agencies have been taking them out of the shed, cleaning them off and making sure they're sharp and ready to use. I think that's one big difference we've seen is just a holistic view of these mergers and the harms that they can cause. Another one is making sure that the agencies are using all of their statutes to go after all the different type of conduct that companies can engage in, not just mergers, but you know things like price discrimination. That's something where previous administrations hadn't really done much, if anything, going back several decades. These enforcers have looked at the law and said, hey, Congress passed this law. It's not our job as an agency to decide it's no good anymore. We're going to enforce it. So they've made a lot of noise about that. There's been some rumors that we have some more cases in the pipeline about price discrimination. That's new. That's different. You talk about that as being one of the harms. What are some of the other harms that it is causing these agencies to go after a lot of mergers and acquisitions. Here's an interesting one. So a year or two ago, the DOJ won a pretty high profile challenge against Penguin Random House and Simon & Schuster, two of the biggest book publishers in the world. And the theory was not that they would these companies would raise prices to consumers of books. The DOJ's theory of that case was these companies will pay less to authors because they'll be one of the only last remaining the only places. game in town, the only game in town, right, pretty right. close to it. Exactly. That was different. You know, we'd become much more used to looking at harms to consumers, but big mergers like that one can cause harm to workers too. And that's another area where these agencies have been kind of pushing the envelope. 
So a lot of the things that we've talked about today are kind of household names. Um, is antitrust gaining popularity and appeal to in the field? I think so. I've been doing this for a little while now, and antitrust has never been as popular as it is right now, at least in my lifetime. And I think part of it is that these agencies are bringing big cases against big household names. As you said, you know, they're bringing cases against Google, Microsoft, Meta. These are these are really important companies that affect us, all of us on a day to day basis. So I think that's part of what's driving some of the increased popularity and attention to antitrust. But another part of it is that these. Wait, can I ask you a quick question there? Sure. Are the companies bigger than ever before? Well, depends how you measure it. Okay. But at least by some measures, these companies wield more power and they are more valuable than just about anything we've ever seen before. Okay. So part of what's going on here that's driving antitrust popularity and, and making headlines, putting antitrust front and center in a way it hasn't been before, is just that these agencies are bringing big cases against the biggest companies in the world. But another part of what's going on is that these new wave enforcers, you know, people like Jonathan Cantor, people like Lena Khan, they're being really conscious. And those people are the head of the FTC? Yes. Okay. And yeah. the head of the DOJ antitrust division? Exactly right. Okay. Yeah. So Jonathan Cantor, head of the DOJ antitrust division, Lena Khan, chair of the FTC, they're being really intentional and really deliberate about democratizing the field. Both of them have talked about that in their speeches really passionately. We need to democratize the field. We need to bring in new voices. And they've been doing that. They've been going out, visiting law schools. They've been holding events. Jonathan Cantor said recently, just a, a day or two ago, he's been to more than 20 law schools in about a year, which is pretty impressive for a guy who has a pretty full-time job running the antitrust division. And I think that's part of what's driving an uptick. And we've seen it across the country. Law professors have said, I've got more students than I've ever had before. I've got more students writing articles about antitrust than I've ever seen before. And anybody in the field would say, yeah, this comes up more over the dinner table. It comes up when I go visit my family for the holidays. And part of that, again, is just the cases are bigger. But part of that is a very conscious move to bring in some new voices and really revitalize the field. And I'm a big fan. I think the conversations have been livelier. I think the field is more open in a ways that it just hadn't been before. Do you think we also are just as Americans, as whatever, we're much more aware of these giant corporations like I mean, I think everyone understands that Amazon has changed the face of, of shopping. And how is that trickled down to, you know, the small business owner? How are they impacted by that? So do you think that's part of it, too, is that we're so aware of what Meta's doing? We're so aware of what Amazon's doing. We're so aware of Google because we are engaged on those platforms in our daily lives. Absolutely. In fact, I think when historians look back and write the, the saga that we're living through right now, I think they'll look at the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic, as one of the key inflection points. All of a sudden, everybody was extremely dependent on social media, on video conferencing, right, on online shopping in ways that we had been trending toward before, but this just suddenly put it in stark relief for all of us, how dependent we had become on these big technology platforms. And so when you talk about a company like Meta, you know, 
that's Facebook, that's Instagram, that's WhatsApp. That was how you could see your friends and family for a little while. So I think that was one key inflection point. And I think the other one is that we've really seen a resurgence of, of a labor movement here in the United States. And of course, labor versus management struggles, again, put corporate power front and center in ways that yeah, I think it, it hadn't been for a little mm-hmm. while. As Scott uh, Rogers, our mindfulness man, would tell us, it takes 100 days to cement a practice. And I think because of the length of the pandemic, we all cemented a practice in Amazon, in WhatsApp and and all of those things. So, yeah, the pandemic did completely change the world. I think so. In lots of ways, you know, bigger than this even. But this is, I think, another field where the pandemic really, really changed some conversations and changed some minds. So what else do we need to know? What should we be watching? Well, I think this is going to be a year when the hits don't stop there. I think the hits are going to keep on coming. We've got some big trials lined up this year. We've got one in particular I'd keep an eye out on involving the um, MMA. And that's another case that that tries to protect workers. In this case, it's The MMA being the mixed martial arts. That's it. I love that. You're always video games and cool stuff. (laughs) Hey, antitrust is cool. So that's a big trial to watch. That one's a case that's been brought on behalf of the workers in that market, the fighters. Um, Another one is DOJ has a really big case against Google. So that's slated to go to trial later this year. That could break up Google's ad technology monopoly into several different pieces. That would be huge. So I think it's going to be a big year. we got some big trials already. I'd keep an eye out on this space. Very good. All right. Great to hear from you. Thanks, as always. Thanks for coming. Thanks for joining us for The Explainer and a whole new season of Explaining. If you enjoy our show, leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider and ask your friends to subscribe. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with theme music composed by Rady Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Uges. Today's show was brought to you by Miami Law's upcoming book event with Professor Donald Jones and others discussing his recently published book, The Presumption, Racial Injustice in the United States, held on Thursday, February 22nd. For more information, visit www.law.miami.edu. Thank you.